Yes, it is the People's Show. Dan Richo and Brendan Batchelor in with you today. We've got overrated, underrated coming up. Going to try and squeeze in Don't At Me. Turf trivia. Busy day on The People's Show. This hour of The People's Show is brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Get the quality turf, construction, and ag equipment you need while staying under your salary cap at the closest Kubota dealer to the lower mainland. DouglasLakeEquipment.com So uh, we're going to get to do overrated, underrated. I know it's Batch's favorite segment. And we've already got... absolutely. Eight. I don't think I've ever had a chance to take part in it before, too. So it's my oh, debut as well. The debut overrated, underrated for one Brendan Bachelor. You know how it works, right? It's like uh, you just blurt out something. Uh, Starbucks coffee, overrated or underrated? And and we debate if it's overrated or underrated. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Starbucks coffee, eh, probably overrated. Certainly overpriced. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Fair enough. Until we're getting uh, sponsorships from uh, from the buck, of course. I will say I was in Seattle recently. The uh, there, there's like a really fancy Starbucks in Belltown. Starbucks mm-hmm. Reserve? Oh, no, it's like. Oh. I mean, I guess it's a reserve. Yeah, I don't know, but it's be, like yeah. the greatest Starbucks I've ever been to in my life. They had all kinds of stuff. They had, you know, just like a full-on bakery there too. You know, they were making uh, these Italian dishes, like it's um, biscotti. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, it's uh, eggs in purgatory is what it would be in English. Uova uh, in purgatorio is how you would say it in okay. uh, in Italian. It's basically just eggs and tomato sauce. Is that the and one where incredible. they have a liquor license? They can make you yep. a Starbucks yep. espresso martini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I so, recommend. So it's underrated. Some 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 things about Starbucks are underrated. You know, going to the first ever Starbucks and overrated, definitely overrated, overrated for sure. Yeah, yeah, I've done that as well. There, there's another one like a block away that's never as busy <laughs> because everybody wants to go to the original one. Which of us hasn't been to the original? Josh, me. I walked past it and went to the one a block away. Yeah. Oh wow! I went there. You've never been? No, only schmucks go in line for Starbucks. You, like, you know, partners never wanted to go to the first ever Starbucks? I, was, I saw it from further away. I don't need to stand in line to go inside. Yeah, that was our plan as we were there and we were going to go as part of, like, just being – it's at Pike Place, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's in, a, like, right by the market across the street. Yeah. It's yeah. got the brown sign instead of the, the green. Next yeah, to so, Beechers, right? Yes. Right next to it. We were going to go and then we saw the line and we thought, oh, <laughs> it's not that different. Here's the thing about lining up. Sometimes, like you see the line, and and you 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 instantly become curious. Like, what are people lining up for? Right? Coffee. <laughs> I mean, in the Starbucks case, I guess you know, uh, and maybe a fancy mug that they only sell at the first ever Starbucks. But that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, I I went there once, uh, and it was a relatively quiet day, so I don't remember having to line up very long, if mm-hmm. at all. Um. But the only reason I can see to line up is if they have like specific drinks or products that you can only get at that Starbucks. But I don't remember if that's the case or not. So if anybody listening can text in and let us know, is there anything that's actually special about the original Starbucks other than the fact that it's the original Starbucks? Uh, I I think you like, I don't know. I got a mug there and I think it's because you can only get the mug there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, All right. Overrated, underrated. Let's do it. 
All right. We got producer Josh Elliott Wolf and uh, Dominic Fermati along board as well. Yes. So we will start with the uh, the sports related questions. Which, Ooh. Believe it or not, in the summer, are very few. Not as fruitful. <laughs> um, so okay. let's start with the Canucks one. The flying or, or just the V jersey, overrated or underrated? The flying V jersey. Flying V. Underrated for me. Underrated. Yeah, I, I think those jerseys are great. I think they get a bad rap. Uh, I, I, I've i always liked the look of them. I know it's kind of supposed to be all sorts of crazy colors, and it was instituted originally for intimidation purposes, but, you know, I, I, I like them. So, it, like, if I have... I, I think they're probably adequately rated, but if I have to pick one or the other, I'm going to pick underrated. Do you feel the Flying V jersey in Canucks modern colors, green, white, blue, would work. No. No? You know what it would look like? What would the it... old United Chevron jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, we should Nobody knows that them. reference if they're not Manchester United fans. Fair enough. But there are two of them on this show. <laughs> so Batch knows. Yeah, absolutely I do. Um, the one thing about the the flying V in modern colors is I believe this has been like a Don Taylor campaign slogan for many, many years. Like he bangs that drum repeatedly. So yeah. we got to ask Donnie about it when we get him on the show later, because I think he really wants to see that, if I'm not mistaken, anyway. All right. Uh, what's next? Uh, we got a couple golf ones. Okay. So the first one is from Nephew Dom. Okay. Early morning golf. When you're playing with Dom, overrated. Yeah. I knew that was coming. Dom, Dom was ruins coming. a morning round. Can you be more specific? I, I had the want... worst round of my life today. I don't even know what happened. And, yeah. like, not directly because of Dom. Somehow my presence made you play worse? <laughs> I can understand that. It's like, uh, it's like when a... Be- frustration, you tense up a little bit. Yeah. It's like when a, you know... <laughs> When an entire batting lineup goes cold on a baseball team, it's contagious. I, I, I felt I was contagious to Dom's bad golf today. Yeah, and uh, it rubbed off on me a bit, too. I was able to overcome it. Well, you're an overcomer like Russell Wilson. I, I've been consistently in the low 90s lately, and then Dom shows up 103 this morning. Unbelievable. Look. I'm blaming you for my bad golf. I know I should blame myself, but I'm blaming you. And it should be higher because of all the mullies you took. Yes. Your driver was ice cold today. Oh, man. It was, it was tough to watch. I've golfed with Reach quite a few times lately, and uh, today was it was uh, the <laughs> pinnacle of frustration. Yes. You know what it is? It's when, uh, when, you're, when you're having a tough day and you just can't get your head away from it, you're like, your frustrations just start to boil over. You're like, you, you start trying too hard. You need, like, the Kunu advice from forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, do less. <laughs> Do, do less. Try less. Yeah, I, I find I play my best golf when I've already had an awful round. And yeah. I'm incredibly frustrated. And you get mad. And then you get to the point where you just don't care anymore. And you <laughs> let it go. And then you start shooting great. Oh, right? I, I never got to that point. I just c- continued to, like, try to force it today. It was tough to watch. You know what it, you know what it was? This is the thing that is tough about morning golf. But I, I mostly love the morning golf game. When you're having a tough game like that, you you need you need the brewski, you need the soda pop, you need the white claw, you need 
somebody to come and bring you a drink and get the nerves settled a little bit. That's that's what I needed this morning and never got it. The less you do, the more you do. Let's see it pop up. Pop it up. Yeah, that's that was me today. I, ne- I needed to do less. You popped up a few drives. Mm. By the way, I had a great so, time. It was, it was fun. Good. So... Other than the fact that you sometimes have to play with Dom or you struggle and you can't have a drink, I'm assuming we're going with the consensus that morning golf is underrated. Oh, it's so underrated. Yeah. What pace I would of, say as well. Pace of play is amazing. Yeah. Pace of play is so much better. Uh, you, you get it out of the way early. When you, you know, still got the whole fairways. day ahead of you when you come back. Yep. When you hit three fairways over, you're not worried about hitting someone. Yeah, as much at least. As much. My girlfriend isn't mad at me about going because she's still asleep when I get home. Yes. That, that's a big part of it. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you haven't left your partner for six hours <laughs> yes. for recreational golf. I will say, though, as the only parent here in this conversation, uh, when you have a, a little one, you kind of need to squeeze out sleep wherever you can get it. So <laughs> I... I, I like the morning round of golf, but I have not taken part in the early morning round of golf in quite a while. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, up next, Vicky, fanny packs, overrated oh. or underrated? <laughs> we need underrated. To we talked about this yesterday. We need to specify. Yeah. Fanny packs or crossbody bags? Because well, there's a difference. I'm going to say. I mean, wh- the fanny pack is still the fanny pack. It's just that we wear it as a crossbody now instead of a fanny pack. No. People figured out how to make it look less bad. <laughs> I think she's the point she's getting at is, is it underrated or overrated to wear it around your belt? Okay. As opposed to... I still to think it's underrated. Body. Yeah, I still think it's underrated because, as we talked about yesterday, I care less what people think of me than I used to. <laughs> so I'll rock the fanny pack, and if if you have a problem with that, that's your problem. Uh, fanny pack underrated. I, I, I'm going to take that thing everywhere now. Would you wear it as a belt? Mm. Remember what you said yesterday. You don't care about fashion. You only care about function. I, I don't like wearing it as a belt, though. It feels too uh, floppy if you wear yeah. it as a belt. <laughs> I'm not not a fan of the feel. <laughs> the feel is a big part of it. You, yeah. know? you need to feel confident if you're going to wear a fanny pack. Yeah, I guess that's it's also weird. really easy to reach for whatever it is you need to grab when it's crossbody. Anyways, uh, up next, from Minor Matt in Abbotsford, overrated, underrated, hanging out at airports. Apparently, this is something Bick really enjoys. I am big on get to the airport early. I'm big Absolutely. get to the airport early guy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have lounge access. <laughs> 100%. I've never had that. What kind of credit card is Dom carrying? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It's all that Uber driving, hey? Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> YVR specifically, I think, is fun to hang out at. That's a great point. YVR is one of the best airports I've ever been to. And I'm not just saying that because we live in Vancouver. Like, in terms of the atmosphere, uh, like, it's it's a somewhat relaxing place to go. You know, you can get a, a good cup of coffee or some good food. It's it's a nice environment. It's, it's updated as opposed to some other airports you'll go to. So that's a good take as well. I think YVR... If you can go early and, you know, with, with some of the security lines we've seen lately, you kind of need to go early sometimes. But, um, you know, exa- for example, I know, Reach, you're going to Europe soon. Yep. I was in Europe back in May. 
and we got there very early because we thought the security lines were going to be bad and they weren't and you know had a had a good relaxing few hours before getting on the flight i've got a three hour layover in munich so that's nice is, you want that. Is the Munich oh, airport I, nice? I, I'm going to have a great report on uh, and review of the Munich airport I'm going to pick up. you back on this overrated and underrated. Guys, overrated underrated Nexus. Oh, Dom the, just wants to flex his Nexus. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> that's exactly you know, what this is. You can go get your Tillamook cheese, whatever it is. I, I'll say it's underrated uh, just because of uh, the fact that I have had the chance to go in the Nexus line, even though I don't have a Nexus in the past. And that's the, the privilege of traveling with the Canucks sometimes is if the lineups are bad, they'll they'll move you into the quick line so you can go through. And it does save a lot of time and a ton of headaches. So I don't have Nexus. I need to get it. I don't know if I apply now, whether I'll get it in the next five years or not because of all the delays. But yeah, uh, underrated for Nexus for me, even though I don't have it. I need a Nexus. So, underrated. I don't travel cross-border enough to <laughs> validate it. I don't know. It's just every time you're at the border and you just see all these Nexus people cruising through, you're like, man, I really need Nexus. I, I only think about this once every, you know, however many times you go across the border. Yeah. It's right up there with winter tires and air conditioning. Yes. Yeah. Uh, up next, Ryan and Chimanis, overrated, underrated, tropical vacations. Underrated. How can it be overrated? I don't know. Who overrates tropical? Here's vacation? what I will say. Here's Whoa. what's overrated about. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. Josh is. What? This had better be good, Josh. Josh there. is like got, like got really excited for this. It's I, no Boston. So yeah, sorry. It's <laughs> it's not Boston, Josh. Uh, what's oh, nice. so? I would say overall, tropical vacations are underrated. Okay. But over what's overrated about them is when you go on a tropical vacation just to relax without any other goal. Yeah. To me, that feels like a waste of money. Like, I can't go somewhere just specifically to sit on a beach for a week. I need I another goal there. Disagree. Mm. I completely disagree. Completely disagree. I can see You the haven't appeal. been working hard enough, Josh. That's you're, what yeah, I just You're found. right. I can see <laughs> the appeal, but I mean, like, it's fine if you're going to relax. Let's say you're gone for a week, you relax five out of seven days. But I would say... You need to at least have a couple things planned while you're there that make the trip as a whole worth it so you don't get back and just say, yeah, I sat at the beach for a week. So my counter to that is you have a couple of nice meals planned and then you feel like you've accomplished something. There you go. And you can still relax the whole time. Like, that's the thing. If you're like, I can understand you're going to Europe, you're sightseeing, you're going to major cities, you want to see history. That all makes sense to me. But if you're going to a tropical location, the main goal is to enjoy the tropical location and the weather, mm -hmm. especially with some of the weather we get through the winter here in Vancouver. So I don't begrudge people going and relaxing the whole time at all if you're going to Mexico or Hawaii or somewhere like that, where the main goal is just to get somewhere where the weather is nice. Tell me you're not yet 30 years old without telling me you're not yet 30 years old. Well, <laughs> so much energy still. I think it's because I've done that. Like, I went to Hawaii once and I did a bunch of stuff there and I was like, oh, this is kind of tiring. And then yeah. I went again and I all I did was relax. And when I got home, I was like, oh, I spent okay. a lot of money on stuff that I yeah. could have done here. There is a, a certain like level where you start to, where I start to get bored on the beach. Um, but it is a very short period of time. 
Yeah. And I was usually, gonna say, just bring bring some better books with you, and then right. you'll be good to go. Usually, you know, there is an excursion involved. Maybe you do one day away from the resort. Right. You go to uh, uh, when I was in Jamaica a couple of years ago, just before COVID. During I, the NHL we went deadline. to yes, uh, we went to Rick's Cafe, and I jumped off a twenty foot cliff at this cafe. That's fine. There so, you go. There you go. I did something. And is that the thing you remember most from the trip? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise, I was just, you know, relaxed. Doing other stuff in Jamaica. (laughs) Um, All right. Generally speaking, though, underrated tropical vacation. Always underrated. Without a doubt. Because, Uh, you know, the the tropical vacation is very different from the Europe vacation. (laughs) You know? You can have both. You can go to Spain. You can go to the south of France. You can go to the Mediterranean. I mean, the Amalfi Coast is one of the, like, I was only there for three or four days when I was there, but it was. Tremendous. Cam just, was there right when, now? You know. Yeah, just there last week, I think. When you're in Europe, you're trying to fit in so many things all at once, generally. Not like when Dom summers in, in Budapest and just chills out on, <laughs> yeah. on, on the lake for two months. But like, you know, okay. Later this summer, we're going to Europe. And we're stopping in Milan, Como, Torino. Like, it's, it's going to be busy. I'm going to be more tired by the time I get back. Than when I was doing it wrong. on vacation, but you're going to feel well, validated. Yes. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. And and with a European vacation, I agree with what Josh is alluding to. That like, sure, you could go and spend a bunch of your time beach or by a nice lake, but you can do that here in Vancouver in the summer, right? You can drive to the Okanagan and be on a nice beach by a nice lake. So, when you're overseas, I certainly understand more wanting to prioritize other things because we have great summer options. For doing those things in our own province anyway all right so next for overrated underrated it is imax theaters overrated or underrated Ooh, overrated when was the last time you went to an imax theater Matt? i think i saw the dark knight in imax the dark knight yes i can't remember the last movie i saw in imax that's probably Probably the last one I saw, the the Heath Ledger Joker, Dark Knight, um, Spider Man or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, like there there are certain movies that are good in IMAX, right? Like ones that have sort of wide sweeping cinematography and and things like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm saying overrated on IMAX. Let theater. me tell you, boys. I saw the new Top Gun in IMAX. <laughs> just adds to it. It's fantastic. Okay. Underrated. But how much does it add? Like, you're still Massively. in a theater. Yeah, but, like, your peripheral vision gets uh, cut out by more screen. I guess. So you feel more immersed in the content that you're watching. I so would... you're saying you see less of the movie because it's in your peripherals because it's so big that you, <laughs> you can't see, more, see the whole you screen. You see more, more of the movie. More right. Of the movie. I'd like to go to IMAX movies, but uh, my girlfriend... She gets motion sickness. Oh. We cannot do it. I'm sure it's great, though. But uh, I went to one, like, a decade ago, and it was okay. The the VIP cinemas are, are, are oh, quite nice. Underrated. Yeah. Alcohol, you get the food. You get the lazy boy. Yeah. You the know. comfy chairs. Yeah. Comfy that's, chair. Concierge. You just got to make sure you don't fall asleep in the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, is, which is big once you get past 30. Falling asleep during a movie. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. Absolutely Some, underrated. Sometimes you just need the <laughs> sleep, you know. 
Just eat a nap. I'm going to pay 25 bucks to fall asleep in this lazy boy chair here at Cineplex. <laughs> the uh, theater by Guilford Mall, Landmark. Mm-hmm. All their theaters have reclining oh. seats. Yeah. And you don't have to pay the extra price that you do at VIP. So that's right. underrated. That's definitely underrated. That's my go-to theater. Uh, we got to do Don't At Me Now. Oh. Well, there was one more underrated I wanted to get to. All right. Um, I think it came from uh, Joe and East Van. Was it Joe and East Van? Yeah, it was Joe and East Van. He wanted to know. Overrated or underrated? Spaghetti aglio, which is uh, spaghetti oil. Yeah, spaghetti and oil and garlic, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's underrated. It is easily a top five pasta dish, and it's the easiest thing on earth to have and make. What oil do you use? Olive oil. What other oil would you truffle? Use? No, you gotta use you gotta use the olive oil. There's so many kinds of oil you can use yeah. these days too. Like there's avocado oil. Is there not? Mm-hmm. Too many. Too many oils. With, you don't want to eat with avocado. You want to cook with it. Yeah. It's got a high smoke point, yes. so it's good to cook yes. with. I, I'm I'm not well versed in my oils, <laughs> so I have canola oil at home. That's what I use. Don't use that. Uh aglio e, e peperoncino. <laughs> you gotta add the peperoncino. If you don't add if you don't add the hot peppers, it's I don't know. It doesn't have the same feel. Uh all right. Enough Italian for today. I'm not Duolingo here. Don't at me. Let's go. Your takes uninterrupted. Don't at me. Text in your submissions to 650-650. Don't at me every day on the People's Show. It's brought to you by Lease Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease with ease, confidence, and a Lease Busters leasing specialist to guide you through the journey. Go to leasebusters.com to start the process today. Don't at me. Elias Pettersson will have the breakout year for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, certainly. I think it's incredibly possible. I I don't even want to at you, even (laughs) if I could. Not exactly the hottest take that we've ever heard on Don't At Me. Please define breakout. 100 points. Yeah, I I, I could see it happening. I think think point per game is is what is absolutely attainable for him. Yeah compared to what he's done in the past but if you said to me he's above 90 or 100 points i i'm as i said i don't even want to at you even if i could which i can't uh another don't at me batch's boston take was the hottest take he's ever had that was a spicy one batch you got you got people fired up yesterday Yes, for for those who didn't listen, I ranked my top five road cities to visit in the NHL, and I had Boston at the top of the list. Um, I'm trying to think if I if I've had a, a hotter take than that. Probably not, or at least nothing's jumping to mind. Yep, I can remember one year filling in, uh, helping out, hosting some of these shows in the summer. Everybody was really fired up about wanting Nikita Triamkin to come back and my take was I'd rather have Nikita Zaitsev than Nikita Triamkin and people Ooh. didn't like that but you were right yeah of course <laughs> I was uh, alright uh, uh, I want to apologize to uh, Justin in East Fan he was uh, Spaghetti Adeolio take and uh, it's not Joe I-, I called you Joe I feel bad alright next uh, don't at me I've got 
Yeah, I've got one here. Don't at me. The way the White Caps are building their roster is going to garner more success than what Toronto FC has done going out and signing top-level stars on the back end of their careers. That is uh, that one's real spicy, Batch. I don't know if I could uh, I can let you chirp besmirch the, uh, your fellow countrymen like yeah, that. Yeah, besmirch the Azzurri like that. But uh, we'll have to get into it after the break. Keep your don't at me's coming in. We'll read more of them after the break, as Don Taylor will join us as well. It is the People Show on Sportsnet 650. Yeah, it is the People's Show, and it's brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Sign up for inventory alerts, and you'll be the first to know when new equipment is available in-store at the closest Kubota dealer to the Lower Mainland, douglaslakeequipment.com. Don Taylor is going to join us uh, coming up in just a few moments. And Batch, yesterday... um, one of the absolute legends of the broadcasting injury uh, industry passed away. Vin Scully passing away at the age of 94. And there's been an outpouring of, um, you know, admiration for, for Vin. I don't know anybody in this industry that didn't really idolize Vin to some level. There was just a, a an absolute cadence about him that, I think I myself has strived for throughout my career, and yet it's something we all that do, yeah. is almost unattainable at the level that Vin was able to do it. Absolutely, and you know, an absolute legend of of broadcasting. Someone that you know, I, I know we can both speak to it as as broadcasters have have looked up to and wanted to emulate to a certain degree. And one of the most underrated things I think with Vin Scully was knowing when not to talk and to let the the crowd noise and the sound of a big moment tell the story. And that's something that I know he prioritized in, in his calling of games and something that I'll always think of is knowing when to speak, but maybe more importantly, knowing when not to speak when there's a big moment happening. Uh, Don Taylor, our guest, joining us as he does weekly here on Sportsnet 650. Donnie, uh, just giving a thought on uh, on Vin Scully as um, you know he passes away yesterday, but just one of the absolute legends of the broadcast booth. I'm just so glad you guys are, are talking about the subject, even though it's been a, a couple of days, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, since Vin left us. But uh, uh, my God, you know, just reading so much about him over the last couple of days, and to think that you know he started out. Um, the youngest ever broadcaster to do a World Series game, and that record still stands at 25 years old. But to start out in Brooklyn with Pee Wee Reese and, and Jackie Robinson, and to go through all the eras, uh, you know, with, with Tommy Lasorda, with what we have now with, with the Dodgers, all those eras that were so successful, some not so much, but the Dodgers have always been pretty good uh, consistently, and they certainly are uh, this year. But to think he started with that historic team in Brooklyn with Jackie Robinson, all those names that are just so far in the past, it's almost like they didn't exist. 
and and he lasted that long. And, and look at our industry these days, guys, where, you know, it seems everybody, and trust me, I can speak from experience, is losing their jobs. And and this gentleman managed to last over six decades. And it, it and, and, he, and he did so because he was damn good. And, and the other thing that, uh, that really made me respect him, and Brandon, you're, you're just so bang on with what you just said about knowing when not to speak. And I think one of the best examples of that, and I'll get to my other point in a second, but one of the, the best examples of that is the 88 World Series, Kurt Gibson, and mm-hmm. you know what a story Kurt Gibson wrote and how Vin Scully did just such a great job of describing it. And, and when Kurt Gibson hit the home run off Dennis Eckersley in that World Series, uh, yeah, he announced it initially, and then there must have been, I don't know, guys, maybe you've watched it, must have been three or four or five minutes, which in broadcasting is an eternity, where he didn't talk. He just let, he let the moment speak for itself. He let the pitcher speak. It was just a wonderful job of broadcasting, and you think about it, you know, he's not saying anything. How is that a wonderful job of broadcasting? I think so much of our businesses feel, and he just, he just felt it better than anybody, and uh the other thing about him, the other point I was going to make is he was he was uh, employed by the Dodgers. They paid him. And yet, when you listen to a lot of his broadcasts back in the day, especially when they weren't having good years, which, again, didn't happen all that often, he'd rip into the team. He'd criticize them. Maybe part of that was because for a lot of people, he was bigger than the team. Imagine that, being bigger than the Dodgers. But, but he wasn't afraid to do that. And And... You know, I don't know. Maybe he had a lot of money in the bank. He didn't care. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I always, I always respected him uh, for that. And I remember as a kid, I'm, I'm going on and on here, guys, but it's a favorite subject of mine when it comes to talking about the legendary broadcasters that we all know and love. And I, I remember as a kid, I'll never forget this moment. It's like, I don't know, some game in in July, and maybe they were playing the Cardinals. But I always remember his expression, and I never heard him use it uh, again. But pop fly you know in the middle of july so beautiful day and i'll never forget him saying it's up in the high blue and down it comes it's up in the high blue meaning the sky who's ever said that before he was just he had a great way with words and uh just uh, obviously we're i mean he's broadcast for a couple of years now but we're all certainly gonna uh, gonna uh, miss him and just how much he could teach so many young broadcasters people in our business today Don Taylor with us here on the People's Show on Sportsnet 650. Want to shift gears to the Canucks, Donnie, because we've been talking about them a fair bit today and wondering who you think might be the best candidate, especially with the the forward group that they've got, which, you know, if it remains unchanged, is going to be one of the deepest forward groups we've seen in recent years. Who's the best candidate to have a breakout season on the Canucks offensively next year, do you think? Well, would Brock Besser be an answer? Uh, like I, I know he's you know pushed thirty goals before, but I have to think given what he went through mentally last year, I I, I would go with him, and and just because I can't imagine you know the effect uh, what he went through personally last year would have had on him in a in a negative way, understandable, uh, but a but a negative way, and when I think of what he went through last year, there's a moment not with him but with a teammate that really sticks out. And that's when Elias Pedersen at the end of the season was talking about, about Brock's dad, uh, about Duke and just the effect that that the visit that he had with Brock's dad had on him and how much he broke down that day talking about it. 
So you can only imagine what, what, what kind of effect it had on Brock Besser. So I, 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 I would go if it's, you know, again, we're talking about somebody who in a bad year gets, you know, goals in the low 20s. But I, I'll go with Brock Besser, and maybe this is the year that he gets, he gets to that uh, 30-plus goal mark. Well, I think, you know, along the same lines, like I, I don't think it has to be a player that hasn't produced much yet, Donnie. I think, yeah. you know, you, you could even put Pedersen in this category, and, and th- that was my answer just because, you know, here's a guy that, you know, even though he was close to 70 points last year, felt underwhelming, and we've been waiting for him to, to get into that 85, 90-point range and be you know, one of the stars in the league on a consistent basis. Felt like we saw it earlier in his career, but he's he's lost his way a little bit. If he yeah. gets back to that, you know, that to me would be a breakout season for Elias Pettersson. Well, then the shot of him with the haircut and the weight belt, you know, very impressive on on Twitter, looking looking like he's really taking things really seriously. I, I I'm not sure what's going on with your inbox or email today, guys, but. I'm, I'm going to guess that a lot of people might have said put Coles in. Oh yeah, and I could, yeah. I, I could, I could totally understand that. And put Coles in, just I, I just look at him and I and I think to myself, he is the you know winger equivalent of Bo Horvat. There's a lot, there, there's a lot of game there. There's a lot of roles that he could, that he could take part in where he doesn't necessarily have to produce twenty or thirty goals. But I, I'll bet you a lot of people said put Coles in, and I could see that. But I'll just go with the the difficulties Brock Besser had from uh, undoubtedly from a mental point of view, and I'll, I'll go with him, but I understand the people that would say, uh, put Coles. How do you see things with the Canucks as, you know, we get closer and closer to training camp here, you know, still a month and a half away, but, um, in terms of, of what this team could accomplish, assuming that there aren't any drastic changes or a JT Miller trade between now and the start of the year, I kind of look at it as, once again, like last year, looking at the forward group and seeing if it's going to be able to outscore some of their defensive issues, although they were much improved defensively last year. But, you know, assuming that this is the roster that they're going to go into the season with, what do you make of what they've got and what they might be able to accomplish? Yeah, a lot depends on the, the division. Calgary is such an X factor, although I think at least for you know one year uh, with the trade from Florida that they're going to be uh, very, very good. Um, King surprised everybody. The Oilers have McDavid and, and Drysaddle say, say no more. So a lot of it has to do with uh, their divisional uh, uh, opponents. But uh, I just, uh, I guess, and this is dangerous because the Canucks did this twice under the Jim Benning era looking back at 2015 and saying, Hey, this is who we really are. And just wait and we'll be fine. And then, you know, the 2020 bubble came along and, Oh, that's, that's, that's the real team. That's who we really are. And that never worked out. But I'm going to say that I think my belief would be that the team that performs so well under Boudreaux is, is a team that could, you know, that, that could make the, will make the playoffs next year. So I'll say, will. That they'll they'll make the playoffs next year with Bruce Boudreaux uh, handling things and working on whatever momentum, if you believe in that sort of thing, that they built up last year. I, I think um, when when you um, talk about the National Hockey League and you talk to players, and no names mentioned, I golfed with the Canuck recently, but one of the things he said about the Canucks right now, one of the things that he feels that really sparks a team is is a coach. Not necessarily that does the X's and O's. You can have your assistants do that. 
and, and what he does in line matching and all that. But a coach that realizes that you still got to have fun. And Boudreaux's like that. And I think that was a lot. Of, and maybe that might rub some people the wrong way. You know, we heard some rumblings from new management that maybe that wasn't the way to go with, with, with Boudreaux. But I, I think if, you know, over the course of the season, that's the way to go. And I think with Boudreaux doing that, I think they make, they make some, some significant noise this year. And the talent certainly, certainly is there. It, it, it's always amazed me. Like we, we look at Bruce Boudreaux's regular season record, Donnie, and it's, uh, you know, the only, the only one better is, is Scotty Bowman. And yet here, here's this guy, he, he had trouble getting back in the league and, yeah. you know, management was just non-committal, even though, you know, he had the 105 point pace, yeah. uh, going, going into, uh, through in his yeah. days as Canucks coach. It's just, it's fascinating that, that there's still a level of disbelief in Bruce Boudreaux's ability to coach hockey teams. I just think he's very old school and, and, and that's not necessarily for a lot of people, it's not necessarily the way to go, but I think the smart coaches are the ones that surround themselves uh, with people that are able to do what they can't. And with the, 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 cho- the choices they've made with their assistants. And I don't know if Bruce was in on, on all of it or not, but it sounds like, you know, with Mike Yo there and others that, that it sounds like they're in the right direction when it comes to pleasing everybody. I still think that somewhere along the line in a coaching staff, no matter what anybody says, and this goes for even minor hockey, you got to have somebody there that realizes that, you know, it, 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 you have to motivate your guys and you got to have some fun. You have to. It's what, it's the reason we all got into hockey. We didn't get in for the X's and O's. We got in because it's fun. And that, and that applies to NHL players as well. The more you talk to those guys, the more they really appreciate that. They appreciate you know, where they need to be on the ice, you know, who they need to watch out for, all, all of that, but also somebody who has the pulse of the team in a in a real important way. Donnie, we were talking a little bit earlier on our overrated, underrated rated segment about Canucks jerseys, and in particular, the Flying V. And mm-hmm. the topic came up of bringing the Flying V back, but in current colors, which I believe is something that you have been a major proponent of. Is that something you'd like to see? or And where do you see the Flying V jersey fitting in in, in terms of the hierarchy of, of greatest Canucks uniforms of all time? Well, uh, let, let me just say this. They did wear the Flying V in warm-up. Brandon, you, you can help yeah. me with this a couple of years ago. which I Yeah, in their 50th was, season celebrations. Yeah. And it looked really yeah. sharp in person. Yeah, and I, I thought, okay, well, they're going to bring those back. Um, I, I, I've been going on about the Flying V in blue and green for a long time, and there's all sorts of mock uh, outfits that are out there uh, on, on social media. Appreciate all of that. Um, but, but, well, here's what I'll say about the Flying V. Here's what I'd like to see. I, I think you stick with the blue and green. I'm, I'm, and if that comes out, you know, the Flying V comes out, that's fine. There are two uniforms that I don't, re- I mean, they've done a good job with the retro stuff, but two uniforms that I, I still want to see from the Canucks when it comes to retro and whatever they want to do full-time, fine. I still think they need to make changes there. That's another subject. But I'd like to see the white, uh, I'd like to see the white skate jerseys, the white flying skate jerseys. Yes. We haven't seen that in a game. We've seen the black. The other thing is when they do bring back the yellow, when they sell them, you know, in their stores, when you see them at Sportcheck or whatever, or, or um, you know, on the ice in warm-up, it's always the yellow flying Vs. I don't think the black flying Vs get enough respect. They're outstanding. 
They're, I I prefer them over the yellow ones, but for some reason, maybe it's because they're so unusual, as if the black ones aren't. Maybe that's what they want to go with. But I, I'd like to see a return of the uh, and more respect for the black flying V. Check it out, folks. And and back to the first year with the flying V, nineteen seventy eight, when they actually had a little V on the socks versus the straight horizontal stripe. Let's bring that back. Just a thought. Francesco, I know you're listening up there. <laughs> you know what? I, I love the Flying V because it's probably like one of the most unique uh, jerseys in NHL history that just isn't isn't really hideous. You know, like the uh, the the fighting goalie or 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 you know the long liner fisherman that the Islanders had yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, like those are iconic, but in the wrong way. I always felt the Flying V was just like, oh yeah, that's Vancouver. That makes sense. What a great jersey. Yeah. Yeah, and the other one that is really polarizing that some people love is the Winnie the Pooh uh, Bear Boston Bruins jerseys. Like, the yeah. bear just didn't – it just didn't – I think the colors were right because the brown really popped against the black and the yellow, but the bear looked kind of timid. Some people like that jersey. I remember playing beer league, and a team had those jerseys, and they looked pretty good. That's a polarizing jersey as well. Uh, some people really, really, really like that, and – you don't see the Bruins going back to that for whatever reason. Don Taylor, our guest here on uh, on the People's Show. Where where, uh, where where have you been hiking, Donnie? It's like uh, you you've reached every, the top of every summit that there is here in, in and around the Greater Vancouver area. Uh, we did. My wife and I uh, did a, a place called Cathedral Lakes. It's outside of Carameas, which, just in case uh, you didn't know, it, it may be the hottest place on earth, <laughs> and uh, it's. If it, it, let me let me sum up our holiday this way: If you came from another country and you had you know no idea what Canada is really like, but you kind of had this stereotypical idea, that's where you'd go because you you go up this mountain that was built by men and their horses back in 1930, a trail. So, yeah, okay, so you're, it takes an hour to get up there. I think I don't know how many nine thousand, ten thousand meters or feet you're up here. You're up there, white. You can see everything. You're on top, on top of the world. You get out, and it's all pines. It's all lakes. It's fishing. It's goats. It's maybe the possibility of a bear. Every you know, eagles. Everything that is cliche Canadian. And then you go on these crazy hikes. There's one called the Rim Trail, which was really difficult. And you're at altitude, so um, my wife's really into that sort of thing. It was really, really tough. And uh, I, but it, it's a great challenging vacation that might not be for everybody but when you're finished one thing's for sure you'll you'll never forget it it was it was a real great experience sounds awesome and uh and the bc lions are five and one and the white caps are canadian champs pretty good yeah and, and uh as far as the lions go um and hats off to, to vanny i know the season didn't start the way he wanted but uh man it, it, they're, they're certainly having a real interesting uh, successful season. As for the Lions, I tweeted this. Uh, there's no, they're five and one without Bo Lacombo and without Brian Burnham and other injuries. I mean, Brian Burnham, remember the uh, the top 50? Can I say TSN? I don't even know if I can say that on, on the station. But anyway, their top 50 CFL player. Brian Burnham was number eight. He was the top Lion. He hasn't been there. What he played a couple of games? That's it. Yeah. And, and you've got this quarterback who undoubtedly would be able to use a weapon like that. And he hasn't had him available. And, and Lacombo's a veteran presence on, on defense, and it's just – it's really becoming must-watch with, with them. And uh, a whole lot of – I'm going to use the word fun again. 
just really good. They look really confident to go into Saskatchewan and come back like that when they hadn't beaten that team since 2016. And, and it wasn't one of those things where, oh, they got lucky. They were the better team. They, they were the better team. And it's, it's, I just hope that people will respond to them, um, certainly starting Saturday at BC Place. Uh, well said, Donnie. And uh, we're, we're about to give away some tickets for that, uh, for that game uh, on Saturday. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Donnie. A lot, of fun. a lot of fun as always. Thanks, thanks Donnie. So much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Sebastian. Uh, there is uh, Don Taylor, the legend himself joining us uh donnie and dolly 10 to noon uh during the uh well september to uh july i guess <laughs> uh 10 to noon on uh, on check tv and he joins us uh, weekly here on sportsnet 650 that's right we've got a four pack of tickets to the bc lions on saturday at bc place taking on the edmonton elks Four packs, so you and three friends get to go to the game. Tickets starting at just 25 bucks. The BC Lions are back, ready to roar like never before at 5-1. and one. We've got Vanny Sartini coming up, coach of the Whitecaps. So for Turf Trivia today, by the way, Turf is owned right now in Richmond. The question, the Vancouver Whitecaps are 2022 Canadian club champions. Who held the title Last year, if you're angry about the question, please direct your hate to nephew Dom at Dom Shramati on Twitter. Like three teams have ever won this trophy, and one of them <laughs> is Vancouver. Will, will we expect the old name of the team? Will we accept just that? any name. Or are you going to be like you were on Password, just very strict about just what the, the actual answer just has to be? give me the city. Okay. It's fine. I know what 50% you're talk- chance of getting it right, basically. <laughs> Literally. Well, I mean, if you know it wasn't the Whitecaps, then yeah, 50% chance yeah. of getting it right. I mean, the Canadian Premier League teams. Anyways, never mind. Not going there. Uh, all right, answer that question. You could be the Turf Trivia champion, and you could win four tickets to catch the BC Lions against the Edmonton Elks Saturday, August the 6th. At BC Place. The Vancouver Whitecaps have won the rights to Alessandro Shop. Shop? I'm really having trouble with the name. I don't know why. Like, we have the proper pronunciation back. We have it. It's Shopf, isn't it? Shopf. Have a yeah. listen. Alessandro Schopf. 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 Elias. Peterson. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. <laughs> hey, that's not Alessandro Schupf. Play it again. Mm. Elias no. Peterson. Oh. <laughs> Shop. My bad. My bad. It's My okay. Bad. One sec. Alessandro Schupf. Schupf. Uh, head coach of the Vancouver Whitecaps, Vanni Sartini, is going to tell us about his new signing, the new shiny midfielder. Austrian international. Vanny Sartini is next on Sportsnet 650.